For the purposes of the message this morning, I want to uh, I want to do a, maybe an injustice to grammar. Uh, I want to use a word today that we normally know as an adjective or an adverb. Excuse me, as an adverb, and I want to change it to a noun. I, the word the word sudden is an adjective. The word suddenly is an adverb. This morning, I want to change the word to a suddenly and make it a noun. And I want to talk about a suddenly. I also, before we read the text, I want to just defer or perhaps answer a question. Uh, Pastor, why in the world are we reading the Christmas story in July? First of all, I don't think there's any problem with having Christmas in July. <laughs> Albeit it comes quick enough when you're buying gifts for kids, doesn't it, parents? So I'm not Christmas in July. I wouldn't do diminish anything in celebrating Christmas at all. But I want to walk with some people. And if you'll follow my thoughts this morning, I want to walk in the shoes of shepherds and Mary and people of faith who were living just before the first coming of God's Son. And just to note that they have some things, I think, to show us while we're living just before the catching away of the bride from this sin-cursed planet. How many of you believe it could happen any moment? So let's read. Let's look at Luke chapter 1. I want to look at verse 26 in your scripture. Now in the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel was sent to God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To the virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, notice these words, highly favored one. Will you say that with me? Highly favored one. I think it's important to remember that because there's times in life where we don't feel very highly favored. If Satan has anything to do with it, we won't. A few weeks ago, matter of fact, a couple of months ago, we had someone in this pulpit that made a statement that I have not forgotten, and it was this. And it's simply, he said something I think is profound. If Satan's talking to you, he's lying. It's good to remember, isn't it? Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed, favored, are you among women. But when she saw him, meaning Gabriel, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel, Gabriel, said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Boy, to me, walking through those words are holy ground. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, 
also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. I want you to note that some, some others say he will be called a son of God. Some a sons of God's. I want you to understand he will be called the son of the only God. Amen. It's subtle how we do away with the deity of Christ in this late hour. We, now verse 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, your relative, her cousin, was also conceived in her old age, a son. And this is now the sixth month for her who was, was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed her. I want to look just across the page at chapter 2. Look at verse 8. This is some nine months later we know. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were greatly afraid. Just young shepherd lads doing their job. Verse 10, Then the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born unto you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill. Goodwill, peace, goodwill toward men. Can you say, thank God for goodwill? Suddenly, suddenly. For some, like the shepherds, it was business as usual. But a suddenly changed these young men's lives forever. Just a common day normal day, and suddenly a supernatural manifestation of God's angel changed their life. An angel, and then there was an announcement. This second suddenly, there was suddenly a heavenly host, a multitude of angels joined this one angel. There was a third suddenly. They began to praise God. But the third suddenly was this. That interrupted 400 Years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And when God made that announcement, ladies and gentlemen, it was a powerful announcement. I wonder how the shepherds felt. I wonder, I wonder how they reacted. I think we can see that the minute the angels began to rejoice and praise God... They said, let's go see. Let's check this out. Let's go find out. The shepherds' normal schedules were interrupted. 400 years of silence had ended. And the entire cast of what we know as the Christmas story began to emerge. It was all coming true. Can I say, just like 
2,000 years predicted it. Just like every old prophet, whether he was a major prophet or a minor prophet, just like 4,000 years of history, and God did it just like he said, right on time. So I have a question. Here's interruption in their life. Suddenly it all changed. Suddenly they were all, all totally in a different situation. How do you handle interruptions in your life? What happens when your plans and your schedule and everything that you intended in your life suddenly takes a turn unexpectedly? Do you take suddenlies or interruptions in stride? Do you become frustrated? Do you become confused? Have you ever asked in your life, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a believer and you're, you're suddenly something is changing, you go, what is God doing? How, how does this fit into God's purpose for me? Just a curiosity, how many of you have ever prayed, God, do your will in my life, let me live your will in my life above all things? And then when something happens, we wonder if it's God's will. Especially if we don't like it. Especially if we're surprised. Listen, God does not come unannounced, but He does come by surprise. For 4,000 years He said He was coming. And there was 400 years of silence. And suddenly, things changed. I think of, those were shepherds, I think of Mary... I want you to picture her with me. This young lady, probably in her later teens. How did she respond to an interruption that we call a suddenly? Listen, it wasn't the average thing for an angel just to appear to you. And if you think it's average to you, I want you to come counsel me because I need some help. <laughs> But it doesn't mean God doesn't speak and doesn't mean that we haven't entertained angels unaware. How many of you know that's scriptural? Wow, I could talk a lot about that. But let me be plain. In her wildest imagination, Mary couldn't by any means have ever anticipated how her life suddenly was turned, as we would say, upside down. Most probably, she's a teenager. We know she was engaged in this young time to a young carpenter. They were anticipating marriage. They had all their plans made out. They were anticipating their ceremony. All the future plans, all the things that were going to make to this wedding and everything that would happen. But suddenly happened. And everything changed. Gabriel... An angel, not just any angel, Gabriel angel. Ladies and gentlemen, just stop a minute. Put yourself in Mary's place. What a sight. What a moment. Do you not think that she was probably struggling with ability to breathe? Do you, do, you, do you know this was such an austere, strange moment? And what a strange message. How did she respond? Let's look at her response right quickly. 
Luke one thirty eight says she responded in humility. We read it. I am the handmaiden, watch this, of my own choosing, of my own destiny. She said, I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. That's humility. She responded in obedience. She said, may it be done according to my plans, my life. I live it like I want to. I'm the one who does this and that. She said, let it be done according to your word. Ladies and gentlemen, in this late generation, we've become so independent, we even want to live independently of God's will for our lives. There is something extremely important here. Mary recognized this, God's sovereign hand in her life. And Mary trusted God implicitly to take care of the detail. Listen, the details and the consequences. That's important to understand because I'm going to make a statement. She only had one visit by the angel. Later she prayed, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. This young lady knew that God was her strength and her salvation. She had turned her life over to Him and she surrendered to God's will. What a suddenly that was. God assigned Mary a task. And can I say it was a revolutionary task? To bring his only begotten son to planet earth, the prophesied pre-incarnate Christ that walked through every page of the Old Testament and Mary was assigned to bring him, God's son, to earth. That's not an average everyday assignment. Can I say what a privilege and what a blessing. However, Mary's immediate situation didn't appear favorable. Suddenly, Mary faced formidable challenges. Look at her dilemma. How is she going to explain her pregnancy? She's not married. How will she tell the family? How will she tell her friends? How, how, will, she, how will she possibly explain this to Joseph? I think God, that God helped her on that end of it, <laughs> if you know the Scripture. It, but, but look at her place. Would, would he understand? Would anyone understand? Would, listen, think about the weightiness of this, this question. Would her world, her family, her friends, her fiancé, everybody, would they believe that this is Messiah in her womb? Because there's still people in the Jewish realm today who don't believe her. Let's not forget it was a small town, and small town news travels fast, doesn't it? Would she be scorned? Would she be shunned? Would she be exiled? Would she be rejected by Joseph? Would her family, everyone that loves her, be ran out of town? This little lady knew something about some pressure during a sudden change in her life. Next, I want you to just look at her faith. 
She didn't have any more visits. This is the statement I was going to say a while ago. Suddenly this magnanimous visit and this tremendous assignment and the words of Gabriel and then nothing. No more visits from Gabriel. No more angels. No more supernatural encouragement, if you will. No more supernatural, out of this world, so to speak, support. From Gabriel's visit on, it was by faith. By faith. Then, add to it all, late in her pregnancy, she had to make a long journey on a donkey over a hundred miles. And she's in her ninth month. We, we, we just, I think, read through this stuff and we don't realize this was real. Then when the time came to give birth, let me just stop and tell you, I, I want us to walk with Mary and these shepherds and these people because I want them you to realize they're just people like us. And can I say we are people just like them. Here's... Here's something unbelievable. She had to ride this donkey for a hundred plus miles, being in her last month. When it came time to give birth, there wasn't any room in a motel. I want to tell you something. When you're nine months pregnant, you've ridden a hundred miles on a donkey, and there's no place to stay, it's difficult to feel highly favored. And this highly favored woman, this highly favored woman of God who will birth the Son of God, is placed in a stable with lowly animals. Surely God could have supplied better accommodations for this woman and his son. Have you ever wondered why God doesn't do things according to your value and your time and circumstance and situation? Then look at the fear. He's no longer, she no longer gives birth to God's son. There's a threat. And instead of returning home and going to a place where she's loved and there's comfort and all that, she had to flee to a foreign country, Egypt in name, traveling with a newborn all the way to Egypt, a foreign country, live for the next two years among total strangers in an entirely Different culture. I know, ladies and gentlemen, I know Mary's heart. I can see it in the scripture. She had to leave because the life of her son was threatened. And the jealous, insecure, tyrannical King Herod had said, Kill every male two years and under. Don't tell me it didn't break Mary's heart for every child that was slaughtered in her hometown because of her son. Think about that. And let's look at her emotional stress just a minute. After 33 
love-filled years of raising the Son of God in her home from birth to manhood, this same woman stood beneath the cross and watched her son die the death of a thief, a robber, a murderer when he was innocent of it all. And so I just want to look at Mary's life and say any one of these events was enough for her to want to leave, just just walk away from it all. Deep emotional scars that sometimes, sometimes so change our lives and Satan uses them in such strength. We get off course and we disobey God and we live in disobedience and all that kind of thing. Don't think Mary didn't want to just walk away from it all. But all this time, let me declare, in the midst of all this, Mary was right where God wanted her to be. Can I pause this morning and say, talk about greatness. Hollywood, take all your stars and your glitter and your million-dollar gowns and your paint and your powder and your makeup and the cameras and the lights and all that. That covers many things that aren't great. You want to know what's great? Here's a young lady who says, just like Joshua of old, in my life, I will serve the Lord no matter the cost, no matter the discomfort, no matter what happens. According to your word, so be it unto me. And when all the fashion and the fad and the wealth and the power of this world has passed, this little lady stands, Well done, my good and faithful daughter. Can you relate to the pain and the uncertainty and the insecurity? Because of a sudden divine interruption. Listen, COVID-19 didn't just take one or two countries. In just a few weeks, ladies and gentlemen, this whole planet was changed. If you don't think we're not living in change, wake up. And if you think we're going back to that kind of norm, I would challenge your thought. Sometimes these turnarounds in the road... Make us wonder if God is against us. Has God abandoned us? God, have you forgotten? Lord, I, I've, I've, I've served you, Lord. I've been faithful, God. I've, I've attended church. You said not to forsake the assembling of yourself. Lord, I've paid my tithe. I've given to missions. God, I, I've witnessed for you. Even in the pastor, I say, God, I've preached for you. I've laid my soul out every week the best I know. And Lord, I get knocked smooth off my feet. Listen, you'd be surprised. I do have pity parties, but when I do, I have them by myself and for a short time. I've learned about how David encouraged himself. I, I, I understand that. We, we wrestle between what we know to be true about God and His Word We wrestle with that and what we see and what's happening and what we feel and what the enemy wants to pound into our mind while we're in a time of doubt or overwhelming things that vote against us. 
We've been there. We know that. But ladies and gentlemen, vitally important is this. The God who spoke you into creation. The God that gave you life. And the God that gave His life for you. Can I tell you, He reserves the right to interrupt your life because He knows what's best for you. How many of your parents and grandparents know what I mean when you have a child or, or a grandchild and you know what's best for them and you plan that and you set it in motion and when they don't do that, then in a sense you, you cause them to, be, to behave. They don't like it. It's because they don't see it. They're not looking more than right here. Young people, can I tell you? By the way, I miss all of our young people sitting right down here, don't you? I always want to speak to them. Your vision, your vision out in your future is not nearly, not nearly as clear as your parents and your grandparents. Come on, parents, grandparents, say amen. They've been here longer than you have. They know some things you don't know. And you ought to learn that through education and not through the nose. The God who created you has a right to interrupt. And can I say the God who created you has a sovereign right to fulfill His divine plan in your life. But you know what? He's so good. He loves us so much. Even if we decide we're going our own way, He'll still love us. He'll give us the chance. He'll give us the choice. We can disappoint Him so badly. What we see as an interruption is really an intervention. So I want to say this. I want you to hear it. In the middle of COVID-19 and everything that we have but now till we arrive in the glory world, hear it. There is design in the chaos and purpose behind the temporary confusion of a suddenly. There is design in the chaos and purpose behind the temporary confusion of a suddenly. That's why... I believe the psalmist was right when all of a sudden everything changes. If nothing else, we ought to be still and know that He is God. I'm telling you, this world that I'm, we, we're, we're on the internet, television, move now, it's, I, I, telephones, iPads, everywhere, just pumping out news. And I want to tell you, not much of it's very good. It, unless I feel led of the Lord, this next Sunday, I, I'm going to talk about, never mind, just curiosity coming here, okay? But I want to tell you something. We are just being bombarded with all kinds of evil. And truth is dead in the streets of our own country. Absolutely dead. Oh boy, I could just go a million directions right there. 
But I just want to stop and say to we who are believers and those who, who, who are on the internet, you're, you're, maybe you're not believer. Maybe you don't understand. Maybe you just think this is all philosophical. Or so, Listen, God has a plan for this world and He planned it before He ever created it. And He's going to see it to the end. And in the middle where Satan came and put a sin curse on it because God gave Adam and Eve a right to choose. Just because they chose the wrong way doesn't mean God's not going to have in the end what he planned in the beginning. The first time he flooded it with water, the next time it's going to be renovated by fire, but there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and thank God he's going to have what he always wanted. A whole generation of a creature that was built in his likeness, and he's going to choose to love him for eternity. It's all God ever wanted was to be loved. Okay, I'll settle down. God has a plan for this world, and God has a plan for every one of you. Every one of you in the household of faith, God has an absolute plan. And I want to declare to you, every day He's moving this planet and His people toward an end result. God knows the course. Sometimes we feel all tense in the occasion. We don't know the details. And even sometimes we ask, how do I know if it's God? That's interrupting. Listen, nothing takes God by surprise. Don't let it take you. When you see something happen and you don't understand, listen, be careful what you blame on God. Because we're on a sin-cursed planet. And God doesn't destroy babies. And God doesn't call accidents. God doesn't do all that. God loves us. That all came because of sin. Frankly, a lot of times... God didn't give us the reasons. I've asked God to share with me His criteria about everything. Because we want the sense of security that we know it so we can control it. What we can do is follow Mary in the shepherd's example. We can trust Him to work out His plan in His own time in our lives. As with Mary, God's touch on your life may entail some uncomfortable experiences. I've been through some. God's touch and His direction and will on your life may entail some distress and some... Ask Paul about if he was ever uncomfortable. But I declare to you, it will also entail great supernatural blessing and supernatural visitation of God's spirit to your inmost being where you are quite capable of of being stressed in this world and yet rejoice with the joy and a peace the world can't give and it can't take it away the suddenlies and the interruptions all provide occasion panoramic visions And what I see going on in our world is this. I see a loving God. I see a God who cares. And a God who's directing. And a God who's keeping His promise. And a God who wants to use my life right in the middle of it all. And to that I surrender without reservation. The handmaiden of the Lord. The world is accustomed to seeing people collapse under pressure. 
And the scripture says in the last day men's hearts will be failing them for fear of the things that are coming. It's not so for the kingdom and the household of the Lord. Remember God didn't spare even his own son. We're not going to have all those answers. By the way, some of the philosophy going around even through seminaries and words of all that, they think that Jesus tried to change the will of God at Gethsemane. I want to share something with you. Before He ever came, He chose to come to be my Savior and pay the price. He said, no man took it from me. I laid it down. His blood wasn't spilled, denoting accident. He said, I poured it out myself. Don't ever tell me God and Christ were ever at odds with one another just because He showed His humanity in in Gethsemane saying, Lord, if it's possible, don't you see the human element? But nevertheless, in the spirit realm, God, I submit to your will because you have an eternal plan for my life. Thank God. <laughs> but just remember, and I'll be closing, maybe. <laughs> remember also some other suddenlies. Suddenly the night was filled with the light, pointing a star to her son. This one suddenly over here, and then the suddenlies that came after it, watch it. Suddenly there was an angel, and then a multitude in the sky, and angels praised God in the heavenlies. And there was another suddenly. The whole world is changed because of her son. He stopped the old clock and started it again. You can talk about Mohammed and if you want to know a Navarna Buddha, if that's the case, or think about any other God you want to. Nobody stopped the clock and started it again. But the one who's ever, even your birthday and mine talks about A.D. In B.C., the tick on that watch talks about him. The date on our newspapers, if they still exist, it's about him. Suddenly, at the temple... The scholars that had studied for decades were amazed at him at 12 years of age. And another suddenly at Cana, the first miracle, where this same mama said, whatever he says to you, do it. Can I take Mary's voice this morning and say to you in 2020, whatever he says to you, that's what you do. Don't you listen to the philosophy of this world that's filled with, with, with anger and hatred. Don't listen to all those who are power hungry and trying for position and ugly in all their living and going against this word of God. Whatever he says to you, that's what you do. And Mary's story, can I say thank God doesn't end at the crucifixion. If it wasn't for embarrassing you, I'd take my shoes off. You know why? Because this is holy ground. Her life didn't end at the crucifixion. 
just three days later at the resurrection, she stood in the presence of the risen Son of God that she bore. Tell me that wasn't equal, if not greater, than Gabriel's visit. And suddenly, all the other suddenlies of her life were worthwhile. Paul said in Romans 8.18, For I reckon that the for I reckon that the sufferings, thank you, my, my word guy, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. If that doesn't put you on shouting ground, if it doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. That's... All of the, all of the other suddenlies. Suddenly, every upset, every struggle, every doubt, every disappointment, every readjustment, every everything about where she had been was worth it. And watch this. God help me to make an impact like Mary did, or at least to its likeness. Don't forget about Zachariah and Elizabeth. Don't forget about Mary and Joseph and her parents. What about the shepherds and the wise men? Even angels responded in obedience. And the old prophet and everything was kicked into motion because she rightly responded to a suddenly. In 2020, when God begins a suddenly and brings it into our lives and sets us on an unfamiliar territory, you know what the Scripture says, do? Rejoice. 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 I want to tell you, it is so easy today to get your diaper in the mud. I mean, you can get stuck there. How many of you know what I mean? (laughs) You can just... Rejoice. You can respond like Mary. I'm the Lord's child. I'm the Lord's child. The Lord is my shepherd. Yes. Lord, whatever you desire, whatever you want to do with me, you say it, and I'll do it. If you're struggling... As a believer in this sanctuary or on the internet, let me say this. If you're struggling, respond like Mary. As a believer, respond like Mary. If you're struggling in this world of doubt and you don't know the Lord as your Savior, the one word that God gave to us time and again was come. Come to me. The Lord said, come to me. Come to me. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand it all. Come to me. I will give you rest. And that rest is all the, everything that entangles in this whole world. Every miserable thing that Satan has brought you through and the tangled mess of everybody's life and all that comes with it. Come to me and I'll put it all behind you. I'll wash you clean. I will make you a new creature. It's called a second birth. And you may not understand it right now if you don't know the Lord. But that's why you think all the us that do know the Lord may be strange or different. But I say try it. I promise you, you'll like it.
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm ending second time. Another suddenly is in the offing. Another suddenly is in the offing. The trump's going to sound. And suddenly, the church, the bride's going to be taken to a wedding. And let me make an announcement. When that trump sounds, I won't be here. And if you think good riddance, I'm with you. I'm with you. For you it may be good riddance for me, but for me it's good riddance of all the sin and the snares and the debauchery and everything we've lived in. No more children being hurt. No more wives being beat. No more murder. No more sin. No more drugs. No more disease. All those All of a sudden I'm the redeemed are at home. Most of you have heard me say it many times. 51 years ago when we got married, I was the groom. The next time I get married, I'm going to be the bride. And I'm ready. How many of you are ready to go? How many of you are ready to go? Can you bow your heads with me just a moment? Out of privacy, every eye closed. Pastor, I'm not ready. I know it. I've missed it. Just lift your hand where you are. I want to pray for you. Right where you sit. Just lift your hand. I want to make sure you're ready. The enemy will always say tomorrow, put it off. But the Word says today's the day of salvation. I want to look to those in the internet, on Facebook. If you don't know this, Lord, I'm going to pray. I want you to pray it with me. Church, will you pray this with me? Dear Father in heaven, I come to you knowing that my sin is against me. I bring it to the blood, the covering of the Christ. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for paying the price that I could not pay. So I give my heart and my life into your hands. I believe you're the Son of God in my heart. And I confess it with my mouth. Thank you for your sacrifice. And I thank you that you are my Savior. In Jesus' name. If you're on the internet and you prayed that with me, I want you to go to our website and there you'll find a place that says, That's me. Just go to clc.com and you gave your heart to the Lord or you need help this morning, just push that button, That's me, and our staff will respond to you. I remember when I was a young lad, I pushed the button called, That's me. Lord, that's me. I need you, Lord. Well, I'm through. I just want to tell you, I didn't know what to title this message. So I wanted a really long one because it said what I have. So at the end of the message, let me give you the title. I'm living in the midst of, living in the midst of, and looking for a suddenly.